So Christmas miracles happening. <laughs> it's going to be a great evening today. Actually, we're all just waiting for tonight. Uh, we've got the mayor and the mayoress coming. A lot of people coming. I had Martin Hickman, my friend, now message me last night saying, can I please come to your carol service? And I'm thinking, listen, you don't need to say please. It's open to everybody. It's like all roads lead to Gateway tonight. So come early. Come early so that we can get some seats, of course, as I requested in my email. If we do run out of space, some of us who are able to, you know, kindly offer our seats to uh, the ones who are coming to church for the first time. We're going to have lots of first-time church visitors tonight. So let's pray for all that happens tonight for, the, for His glory. And listen, end of the day, we play our part, we do our best, but He does what He alone can do. Amen? So cover everything in prayer. Okay, I, I, my, my, my target is to finish early today, uh, so, so you've got to pray for me for that, <laughs> uh, because I want to try and get out, you know, help our teams because of the prep and all that they have to do uh, for this evening. Well, it's the end of the year, and I, I thought, what's, what's a good theme uh, for us to take back with this Sunday morning as we come to the end of the year? And the one thought on my heart is despite all that we might have been through this year, the ups, the downs, the trials, the tribulations, the uncertainties, the fears, I think a lot of us, if not all of us can say, like that song says, His goodness still follows after us. Amen. Whatever we might find ourselves in this morning, we still know because He is with us, we're still the winners. And therefore, my topic this morning is the power of being thankful. The power of being thankful. I don't know why I've been thinking about this for a while. Because I believe being thankful, or you know, you want to phrase it like everyone does, having an attitude of gratitude, I believe is spiritual warfare. I believe it's, it's, it's spiritual warfare. I believe it's, it's a tool that God has given us to see victory in our lives. And a lot of times it, it goes under the radar. And we focus on everything else which is as important. But I just want to leave us all this morning with a simple thought that being thankful is a powerful weapon that God has given us in order for us to see victory. And so I'm going to read a few scriptures just to kind of take us through this. And it's amazing if you read the New Testament, there's a lot mentioned about being thankful. But sometimes it's like, okay, you know, we slip it in somewhere. But this is actually the centerpiece of a lot that's going on in the Bible. And running through a few verses, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In some things, in a few things, when the going is good. No, it says, in everything give thanks. Wow, so even if everything's not looking good for me right now, I choose to be thankful. I'm saying, thank you, Lord. Even though I may not be in a good place right now, I thank you because you are with me. I thank you because you have a good outcome for me. I thank you because you've saved me. 
Hey, if there's no other reason to be thankful to the Lord for, Jesus reminded those 70 when they went out, two by two, and they were doing a lot of good, wonderful ministry. And then they came back and they were excited. Lord, we've seen some amazing things. Even demons were subject in your name. And he said, hang on, put a pause button there, guys. Bookmark that place. Because I want to just interrupt you by causing you to focus on something that's far more important than even the successes you might see in your life and in your ministry. He says, don't rejoice that the demons were subject in my name. Rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Hey, the greatest gift any human being can have is the assurance that when they close their eyes on earth, they're going to heaven. The greatest gift. Because money cannot buy that. We cannot earn that ourselves. It's a gift of God that we accept by faith. And so we've got something already to be thankful for. That's only the first verse that I've read. Colossians 1.12 says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Giving thanks. Colossians 3.15 And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were also called in one body, and you think the verse would end there, but there's a comma, and it adds one more little phrase, and be thankful. And I'm saying, wow. I mean, I've read these verses before, but suddenly there's a little theme emerging in the Bible about something that we can take for granted, well, as there is some spiritual significance attached to being thankful. And I want to encourage us this morning, even before I share a few more things, Thankful, being thankful changes the atmosphere. Because sometimes when we're going through difficult stuff and we can focus on that difficult stuff, before we know it, that can suck us in, take us down, and suddenly our mind is like a record player going round and round and round, focusing on that negative, focusing on that fear, focusing on that whatever situation. But being thankful is like a state, statement in the midst of that saying, I still believe. As David said, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Being thankful. Let's go further. Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And again, he doesn't stop there. The verse goes on to say, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Ephesians 5.3 and 4. For fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be even named among you as is fitting for the saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse joking which are not fitting. But rather, you would think in contrast to all these kind of you know, negative things that he's listed out there, he's saying instead of that, you've got to worship Jesus. You've got to read your Bible. You've got to fast and read. He doesn't say that. In contrast to all that, he says, but rather giving of Thanks. Hey, are we getting the drift this morning? There's something that the Lord is talking about us having a spirit of gratitude. And I believe as we go into 2020, if we allow God to build in us and we allow the Holy Spirit to take us into being people who are grateful 24-7, 365 days, you're going to see far more victories because of the simple act of being thankful. Being thankful works in our minds. Suddenly the negativity becomes positive. Thankful works in our spirits, in our hearts. And suddenly we don't feel the weight of it 
suddenly we feel the lightness of God because we are simply being thankful. I'm going to read a few more. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Listen, giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 1.21, because of time I'm running through. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful. Wow. Even when he's talking about how they messed up in the, in the wilderness, he's adding that they were not thankful. But became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Psalm 100 verse 4, everybody knows this. Enter his gates with? There you go. And his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. I'm going to read one more because of time. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. My brother, my sister this morning, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication... Now we would by default go to the next bit. By prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. But the Bible puts a pause again there. Wow. And I'll read that for you. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, comma, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I mean, we could end right here. There's something that the Bible is saying about the power that is attached to being thankful. At all times, in every circumstance, whatever I might be going through, there is, re- there is something for me to be thankful for. In fact, I learned this principle way, way, way back as a young Christian. I've learned to thank God in advance. So even before the prayer is answered, I say, Lord, thank you. You've got this for me. I don't know what the outcome is going to look like. It may not be how I want it to look like, but I'm still thanking you that you've got this. In the midst of a storm, Lord, I thank you that you are the glory and the lifter of my head. I thank you that in the end, all, all things work together for my good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm praying that we catch something of the the spirit in these words that the Lord is trying to tell us as his children, being thankful is a powerful tool. Whether it's battle of the mind, whether it's physical battles that we might be facing around us, somehow we can sometimes forget one of the biggest responses we can have in the midst of our storms, being thankful. And I've only read a few verses. It's amazing as you do a study on being thankful, everywhere it's talking about whether it's battles or trials or tribulations, the interjection of being thankful, having an attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Lord, you've given me a roof over my head. Because many don't have that. How many of you know homelessness is one of the biggest challenges we're facing in our land? Britain. Thank you, Lord, that I've got a spiritual family around me. How many of you know loneliness is one of the biggest challenges in our land? 
Lord, I thank you for saving me. I mean, that's the biggest deal of all. I mean, you can list, which is that song we used to sing in Sunday school years and years ago? Count your blessings, name them one by one. I don't know what's that. Before you know it, you'll be amazed to see what the Lord has done. In fact, that's a good exercise for us to do as we come to the end of the year. List out the things that God's done. How many of you will agree there have been moments in our life where we thought we were going to be taken out? I thought I was going to be taken out so many times in my life, but God came in the nick of time and saved me. And each of us have those stories of how God intervened, yet we can sometimes get caught up in the midst of the present trial. And it's natural, we're human beings, we do get caught up, but the Bible is giving us another way in which we can change the atmosphere in the midst of those storms. Being thankful. Being thankful. And I just want to, Read one little incident in the Bible that highlights what I'm saying right now. Very interesting story, real story that happened, not a parable, actually happened in the life of Jesus when he was on earth. Luke 17 verses 11 to 19, I'm going to read that for you. It says, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. It says in verse 13, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Obviously, they knew he was a healer. And so they cried out and saying, Lord, help us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. I mean, I'm not going to change uh, course, but quite an interesting thing. They were not healed instantly. It says, as they went, as they took his word by faith and actioned it even though they didn't see an immediate result they they trusted that if he said it it was going to happen it says that they were cleansed verse 15 and one of them when he saw that he was healed returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks and he was a Samaritan so Jesus answered and said listen to this were there not 10 cleansed but where are the nine were there not any found to return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. What strikes me is Jesus made it a point to make note that there, were, there was only one person who came back to say thank you. How about that? I mean, he did so many miracles. He could have said, yep, one more. People came, go, come, go, you know. But in this case, he was... He wanted to drive a message home. He says, why was there 10 people healed, but only one person come back to say, thank you? And I thought, wow. Wow. Jesus, you're, you're kind of, you know, driving home this whole theme of being thankful. If not, sometimes we can be like the murmuring Israelites. Anyone knows the murmuring Israelites? Oh, he's not answering my prayer. He's not doing this for me. He's not doing that for me. I'm, and our whole life can revolve around that negative cycle of this is not met and this is not happened. This is not. And Jesus said, listen, where is your thankful heart? Wow. Pause over there. Let it sink in. And the reason I'm saying this, guys, is because I know if we begin to develop a positive, thankful spirit, it's going to change a lot of what our year is going to look like. Negativity is going to suck us down in 2020. 
But being grateful and thankful to the Lord will only lift us up. Only lift us up. Only change the atmosphere. Spiritual warfare. In those circumstances. Very quickly, two or three things that came to me while I was reading this. Number one, in, in other words, I was, I, I was trying to define what, was thank, what does thankfulness look like? I'm always kind of trying to define things. So yes, he came back, but what does thankfulness look like? Chris, how do you kind of bring that story into the 21st century? What does thankfulness look like in my 21st century circumstance? Number one, it says he came back immediately. Isn't that interesting? Because Jesus said, I want you to first go to the priest and get him to check you, get the certificate that you need, because they needed a certificate from the priest to say, fine to get back into everyday life. Now you can imagine for years and years, these guys are outcasts. And this is their moment now to get that certificate that's going to bring them back into everyday life. Yet he did not bother about getting the certificate. What was more keen what he was more keen on in that moment of time is, I want to thank Jesus. I want to thank Jesus. He, he put Jesus first. And you know where, where I'm going with this because I always use this, this, this phrase. To be thankful means kingdom first, not me first. So I'm, I'm, I'm packaging. What does being thankful look like? It's it's easy to say, I'm just going to say thank you, Jesus, every morning when I get up. But no, we're t- trying to talk about a lifestyle because it goes beyond words. And so for him, it was kingdom first before myself. What if, what if I'm delayed? What if the priest, uh, you know, goes on a holiday for six months and I miss the opportunity to get my certificate? Maybe I can catch Jesus later. No, he was more intent in that moment of time to say thank you, Jesus. What does thankfulness look like in our everyday lives? It's not about coming and singing thank you Jesus on a Sunday morning or getting up in the morning and saying thank you Jesus. It's in our lives being willing to put kingdom first and then myself later. You with me this morning? What does thankfulness look like? You know, very interesting. Jesus contrasts the difference between kingdom first and me first because a lot of people came to him and said, Lord, I want to follow you. But first, let me bury my father. And he said, fair enough, but not good enough. Then another one said, Jesus, I want to follow you, but first let me go and build my house. Jesus said, fair enough, not good enough. He said, but first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you my friends this morning if you want to see a prosperous 2020 put kingdom first see the role of the pastor is to give his people secrets to enjoying a good life one of the secrets kingdom first put the kingdom first prioritize in your priorities in our hearts priorities in our diaries priorities in our lives lord your kingdom first everything else comes after that for me That is one definition of how thankfulness outworks itself. With me still this morning? Makes sense so far? So he put Jesus first before his own certificate and everything else. Number two, 
This is quite interesting as well. I'm sure while, when he made that decision in that moment of time to say, guys, listen, we need to first go to Jesus before going to the priest. The rest of them will say, are you crazy? I mean, we need to follow Jesus' instruction. In that moment of time, he was willing to part ways with a philosophy that wasn't kingdom first. He was willing to part ways. Listen, we're going to come into a time as we go into 2020 where our standing for the kingdom is going to be tested. So being thankful is not just saying, thank you, Jesus, when I get up in the morning. It's being willing to stand up for what I believe in for the sake of the kingdom. I'm so thankful to God for what he's done for me that whatever the world might say, whatever people in my office might challenge me with, I'm still going to stand for Jesus. That's what being thankful is. He was willing to part ways. He was willing to be counterculture. He was willing to say, listen, this is what you guys might think. We've been friends for the last many years. We've done stuff together. We've been friends together. We protected one another. We identified with one another. But listen, this Jesus has changed my life. I'm going to stand in a whole different identity now. Willing to part ways. And what is it? You know, we had Stuart Keir with us. uh, uh, Was it Sunday before last? Two Sundays ago. And he said, what is it that needs to be? What's the donkey that needs to be shot? (laughs) What is it that the Lord is saying? Listen, you need to part ways with this. You need to part ways. And, And it's not because it's a religious, legalistic parting ways. It's saying, Lord, I'm grateful to what you've done for me. And because I'm grateful, I'm willing to let go of this lifestyle. I'm willing to let go of this relationship. I'm willing to let go of this mindset. I'm willing to let go of this thing in my life. Not because it's a religious tick box that I want to take, because I'm grateful to what you've done for me. You see, today we follow Jesus not because it's a religion, not because it's a tick box. It's because we love him. Because he first loved us. And I always say this, Lord, you died on the cross for me. I'm going to give you the rest of my life to live for you. That's been my prayer to him all these years if you could die on the cross for me why can't i give you the few years that i have on earth 80 90 100 years which is little drop compared to eternity lord i want to dedicate my life to living for you because you dedicated your life to dying for me how about that he was willing to make decisions part ways with things that didn't bring glory to god because he was grateful finally the last thing, doing pretty okay actually. So not only did he put kingdom first, not only was he willing to be different from everything and everyone around him because of what he believed in. What is very interesting, I like this part. Let me just see which verse it is. Verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice. I'll say, Chris, what's, what, what's the point you're bringing? It was interesting when they first met Jesus and they needed healing. What did it say? They raised their voices. A lot of times we can raise our voices and be passionate for Jesus and do everything that ticks the boxes when we have the need. 
But when the miracle happens, it's, the danger is we can slip back till the next need comes up and then raise our voices again, sign up to the prayer space, do this, go to life group regularly because I have a need. But this guy realized as much as he was loud when he had the need, he was equally loud when he came to give thanks as well. Hallelujah. How about that? And so in my lifestyle, I'm not just the give us this day our daily bread Christian. I'm let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I tell you, when we come to that place of demonstrating our gratitude by saying, listen, kingdom first. I'm willing to stand out for what I believe in. And I'm passionate enough even in my worship, my lifestyle, my giving, my everything. Not only when I have a need, it shows that I'm grateful. Grateful to the one who gave his all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Listen, my friends, I'm just leaving this key with us. Being thankful is a powerful weapon. Learn to be, and of course, it's in our words as well. Give me another minute. Another, uh, not only in our words are we thankful, not only in our attitude, but then the third is in the outworking in our everyday lives. And I can assure you today, I can guarantee you this. If you and I put kingdom first, God is no man's debtor, the Bible says. You know, my life is a living testament. And I say this again and again and again and again and again. We, when we decide to put Jesus' kingdom first, it's amazing how the supernatural begins to kick in. Supernatural protection, supernatural provision, supernatural this, supernatural that. As long as I'm trying to figure everything out and sort everything out, I'm not giving room for God to bring supernatural. But there are times when my pursuit of kingdom first I'm neg- kind of neglecting in a way some of the things that I would fight for. But I, I realized as I put him first, he's fighting my battles. I build his house, he builds my house. I look after his people, he looks after my kids. I, 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 I serve him, he takes care of my provision. David, my fam- favorite scripture, one of my... I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen a righteous man forsaken, nor his children ever begging for bread. That's the heritage you and I have as children of God. I'm going to close with this last bit, actually. Another way in which we are grateful and show gratitude is by serving others. You see, one of the principles of the kingdom, it's not about me. It's about people around, the people less fortunate, the people in pain, the people who are, you know, we may all have our pains and sorrows. But it's amazing when we go out of our way to love somebody and comfort somebody else. It's amazing how God brings healing in our own hearts. Anyone experienced that? That in your own pain, you reached out to someone else who was paining and you went to put your arms around them and comfort them. And it's amazing how you begin to feel lighter in your own spirit. If you've never done that, try that. That while you are going through your pain, serve somebody else. And listen, Christmas season... You're going to encounter lots of people who are paining, hurting, lonely during this Christmas season. If we can get out of ourselves and say, who can I bless? Who can I touch? You'll be amazed. Point number four, another way in expressing our 
spirit of gratitude is by reaching out to somebody else who themselves need. And I'm going to read one passage of scripture. In fact, Hayden, if you can pass me my mobile phone because that's my Bible actually that I used to phone people with. Who would have thought? Isaiah 58, verses 6 to 12. I'm going to read that for us. I'm not sure which version is coming up, but whichever comes. And he's talking about fasting in, in, in Isaiah. And in other words, fasting was, uh, 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 in that context, a way of seeking God in, the, in, those, in those days. And he says, is, this, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? Look at this now. This is what God's interpretation of worship unto him is. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Look at this verse 7. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? That's what we're doing this season. Giving food to those who are hungry, providing shelter for those who have nowhere to sleep. When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Now look at verse 8. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear. He's saying, after you do this, then all this will happen. Wow. This is God speaking. Then your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rare God. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. Listen, I like these last two verses. The Lord will guide you, away, guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. I love this last bit. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. <laughs> I want us as a fellowship to be known as repairer of broken walls and restorer of streets with dwellings. That if you go to that place, they will help you get sorted. Not just one or two. We talk about influencing the entire community and beyond. And in a way that's beginning to happen. Listen, why? Because out of the gratitude we have to Him, not only are we putting kingdom first, not only are we standing in our unique identity. What is the third one? Not only did He... Was he passionate in good times as much as in bad, but also going out of ourselves to serving the needy, downtrodden, the brokenhearted. Isn't that what Jesus came to do? And so guys, I want to encourage us. In fact, let me take this opportunity to talk about the homeless shelter. If you can give one night, one night to identify with what the homeless go through this winter season. I'm not saying go to sleep in the cold, but come along one night, sacrifice, and say, I'm going to be there. Who knows 
who I can talk to. Who knows? Because we don't want to just care for the homeless in this season. We want them to be restored for the rest of their lives. And so out of the gratitude we have for him, blessing us, we've got comfortable homes, a bed to sleep on, food to eat. I'm asking us if we can think of giving one night. And say, Lord, I want to play my part. Isaiah, feeding the hungry, giving shelter to someone who's a stranger and has nowhere to put his head. Then you will be known as restorer and rebuilder. So there'll be a table at the back before you go. Our team will be there. Sign up for one night. Say, out of the 42 nights, count me in for one night. It's going to be a big sacrifice. I'm hoping to do six nights myself. Though my schedules are not nine to five. I work about 18 hours a day, if not more sometimes. But in the midst of that, with two young kids, I said, Lord, I want to, I want to, I want to respond to this verse. Because I want to see your blessing over many people's lives uh, this, this season. So do that, guys. But let me close with this. A grateful heart goes a long way in our well-being and the well-being of people around us. Let's arise this morning. Let's arise this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Maybe as you bow your heads for a moment, and we're going to close service, just as have a little bit of keys playing in the background. Why don't you just take a moment in the quiet of your heart to simply say, thank you, Jesus. All of us, we can thank him, even in the midst of our storms. Say, Lord, perhaps this year I may have not been very thankful. I may have been more mournful this year. But I don't want to be a mournful person anymore. I want to be a thankful person. Yes, I may have problems every day. But in the midst of my problems, I want to demonstrate a grateful heart. Because it's amazing, Lord. When I demonstrate a grateful heart, it makes my mind at ease. Makes my spirit at ease. Makes my heart at ease. Makes the environment, the atmosphere around me lighter. Spiritual warfare, it's breakthrough. That's why the Bible says death and life are in the power of our words, but out of the abundance of our heart, those words come out. So may the words, Lord, of my heart, may the meditation, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing, sweet. Just for a moment, I'm just letting us reflect. We have so much to be grateful, guys, so much to be grateful. Thank you, Lord. Your goodness follows after me. You protect me from the fiery furnace. You protect me from the lion. Protect me from the devourer. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for eternal life. Listen, this Christmas time, you have not made peace with God so that you know you will have eternal life when you die. Don't, don't delay. Do that this Christmas season. Do that today perhaps. I want to make peace with God. So if I close my eyes on earth, I have eternal life in heaven. For those of us who have, 
every day be grateful. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's sing a song of worship.